Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The conflict between the ways of this sin-filled world and the will of God is almost as old as this world is, going all the way back to Adam and Eve uh, sometime after the devil and the evil angels fell from their state of grace, from their state of goodness before God as God's servants into evil and sin, and then the devil came and tempted Adam and Eve to disobey God's command to them. We see that Jeremiah the prophet experienced that tension between the ways of the world and the will of God and his word and truth. And also, for us as God's people living today, we also find ourselves presented with endless challenges to make choices that never seem easy. For example, Christian parents want to instill in their children values that reflect their faith and that reflect God's will to us in his word. Christians who are in business want to do business in a way that is ethical, again, following what God tells us in his word. Christian young people want to know what is proper and God-pleasing in regard to dating and relationships. Christian citizens of a country ask how they might best support the sanctity of life, both for the born and for the unborn. In the face of society's many obstacles, peer pressure, distorted role models, and uh, media hype and, and mass marketing, Christians certainly are presented with very many tough choices that we have to make on a day-to-day -day basis. Jeremiah was called to be God's prophet, someone who was entrusted with a message of God that God wanted him to speak to particular people, in this case, to God's chosen people, the people of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. Jeremiah's commission, when God called him originally, we see in Jeremiah chapter 1, was to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And due to the immoral and, and godless living of the people of Judah, God called Jeremiah especially to emphasize the destructive aspects of that message. God's intent through this message of Jeremiah was to bring the people of Judah to repentance repent of their sins and turn back to God, trusting in his promised Savior and in thankfulness for that promised salvation, gladly and willingly following his will and commands. But Jeremiah's emphasis on the judgment from God seemed way too harsh to the people of Judah, Jeremiah's fellow countrymen. The people mocked and ridiculed Jeremiah for proclaiming this message of judgment and destruction. Jeremiah predicted doom and, and impending uh, conquest and, and destruction from the Babylonian Empire. But everything seemed to be all right at the time that Jeremiah was speaking. No impending disaster seemed to be looming over the people. For the residents of Judah and Jerusalem, the capital city, life seemed to be continuing as usual. They seemed to be under God's protection and care. So why should they bother with a doomsayer like Jeremiah when everything in front of their eyes seemed to be speaking to the contrary of the message that Jeremiah was proclaiming? Just at the start of 
chapter 20, where the verses of our reading are from, we see that Pasher, a priest and a, the a high official in the temple of God in Jerusalem, he became so exasperated with Jeremiah's continued uh, prophecies and proclamations of impending doom that he had Jeremiah arrested and, and beaten and placed in stocks to be publicly shamed and ridiculed in front of the people accusing him of being one who was disturbing the peace and annoying the people. So this persecution and public shaming raised some existential questions for Jeremiah. Was he really God's representative, or had he just imagined the call from God to proclaim this message? Jeremiah was beginning to have his doubts. He saw himself caught in a dilemma. What was he to choose? On the one hand, if he continued to speak those words of judgment against the sins of Judah, the people would be relentless in their scorn and in the rejection of him. But on the other hand, if he were to reject and abandon God's message for a message that was more appealing to his hearers, or if he just retreated entirely from the struggle, leaving the people to their fate, how could he live with himself knowing that he had abandoned the mission God had given to him. And for Jeremiah to do that, to abandon that message that God had entrusted to him, would make him unfaithful to his call from God. God had given Jeremiah a mission to proclaim that message from God to God's people. And if Jeremiah did not, then as he said in verse 9 of our reading, then there is a burning fire in my heart, shut up in my bones. The Lord had commissioned Jeremiah to speak for him to the people. And Jeremiah was determined to be faithful to that commission and confident that the Lord was with him, as Jeremiah expressed in verse 11, that the Lord is with me like a terrifying warrior. No matter what opposition he faced, God's strength and power would, were with him, would protect him, and give him the strength to carry out that commission from God. And so for Jeremiah, retreat from that responsibility that God had entrusted to him, to his fellow countrymen, was unacceptable. It was unthinkable for Jeremiah. It would have been a denial of his love for his fellow people. Even though so many of those people had rejected Jeremiah and his message, he would not reject them. He was well aware that the message that he brought from God, although it contained a message of impending doom, Yet it was also the only message that offered ultimate and real, lasting hope of deliverance and salvation. Jeremiah was given some tough choices, but by the direction and strength of God's Holy Spirit, he made the correct decision in keeping with his relationship with the Lord. Jeremiah chose to remain faithful to God because God had first chosen Jeremiah. In God's original call to Jeremiah, God had forewarned the prophet of the challenges that were before him. But he had also given Jeremiah an eternal promise of strength and security. And so we read this in God's original call to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1. Look, today I have made you like a fortified city, like an iron pillar, and like bronze walls to take a stand against the whole land. Stand against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. 
They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you, because I am with you to rescue you, declares the Lord. Conflict, rejection, ridicule, and persecution surrounded Jeremiah. His words of complaint in our reading from chapter 20 make it obvious that he sought relief and he desired to escape from his persecutors. But even in spite of, of his inner will to, to not suffer and be persecuted in that way, nevertheless, Jeremiah stood firm on God's promise. Remembering that promise, he found strength. As he said in verse 11, the Lord is with me. Jeremiah could not abandon the Lord and God's mission to him because God had promised never to abandon him. The Lord is with me like a terrifying warrior, he said. The Lord was with Jeremiah in his mighty strength and power. God was not simply a, a powerless observer off in the distance just looking down on Jeremiah's struggles and, and helpless to do anything to help him. No, he was a mighty and victorious participant in battle. In his call to Jeremiah, God had promised to make Jeremiah strong and capable to carry out the task that God was entrusting to him. The Lord came to Jeremiah in strength in order to give him strength for that task. God is not a God of weakness, but a Lord who, with only the words of his mouth, can create an entire universe and also can bring that universe to an end. Jeremiah was surrounded by the strength of the Almighty God to guard and protect him. We can imagine that Jeremiah certainly must have recalled the, the former occasions when God had famously delivered his faithful people by the strength of his hand. This is the God who brought the Israelites out of Egypt after bringing plague upon plague, miraculous and, and disastrous plagues upon Pharaoh and the people of Egypt because Pharaoh would not listen to God's command and let the Israelites go from slavery. And finally, in the, the ultimate show of his strength and protection, God brought the waters of the Red Sea crashing down upon Pharaoh's army and delivering God's people, the Israelites. Jeremiah also knew the gracious promises that God had made throughout the, the hundreds of years since that deliverance from slavery in Egypt and the ways that God had delivered and rescued his people again and again from the, uh, the enemy nations that surrounded them and that were persecuting them. And so on the basis of that history of God's mighty strength and his rescuing power for his people, Jeremiah could say with confidence in verse 12 of our reading, I have laid out my case before you, entrusting his mission and his work to God for God's blessing. Yes, Jeremiah had tough choices to make, but he was able to endure that hardship that he faced and to choose what was in keeping with God's purpose for him because of the strength that God provided when he called Jeremiah to be his prophet. Like Jeremiah, we as God's people are confronted on every side with challenges that push us to make tough choices as well. Unfortunately, too often it seems all too easy to give in to the choice that will provide the most immediate relief and, and the least conflict-ridden result in any given situation. For example, our, our children 
seek to do what everybody else around them and around us is doing. And perhaps as parents, we might uh, share some of their same fears that they might lose popularity, or perhaps we might fear that they'll be angry with us if, if we don't uh, give in and, and let them follow the, whatever peer pressure it is that they are facing, when, even when our own Christian judgment might say that we should hold firm for their good and in order to follow God's will. The short-term gain may that of, of just giving in and, and going with the flow with the sin-filled world around us, although it may be easy, may spell long-term disaster. So Christian parents are required to make tough choices. But to Christian parents, God promises his presence, his strength, his wisdom, his guidance, and his blessing. Sexual exploitation and promiscuity are also rampant in our world today. We might pass it off by consoling ourselves that uh, it's just the times are changing, but God does not change, and nor does his will and his intent for his people change. At the moment, a new kind of sexual morality or perhaps a lack thereof may seem to be appropriate because everybody else is doing it, but for the Christian who desires to serve the Lord both in spirit and in body, the promise on which Jeremiah relies brings us strength even in the face of challenging situations. The Lord is with us. Like a terrifying warrior, his strength is with us even in the face of great temptation. The person who sees their workplace as an opportunity to serve the Lord and witness to others about God's mercy and his love may be challenged by a philosophy that puts production and uh, earnings before honesty or before the needs of others. When the choices are tough, do not lose heart. Following Jeremiah's lead in verse 12 of our reading, we can confidently entrust ourselves to God. I have laid out my case before you, God. I trust that you will bless me. God's ever-present strength is our resource for making the best choice in whatever situation we find ourselves. Like Jeremiah, we live in full awareness that our God has called us to be his own. As New Testament believers in the Savior Jesus, we have the calling defined by the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 3. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Indeed, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants and heirs according to the promise. We are all God's dearly loved children because of Jesus' life and death for us. Our sins have been fully paid for, and we have Jesus' own righteousness credited as our own in God's sight. God will certainly not abandon us, but he will watch over us and bless us. He will guide and guard and protect us. At Jeremiah's call, God reached out his hand and touched Jeremiah's mouth. The same Lord has reached out his hand to us and touched us in the waters of our baptism to recreate us 
and, and to be a new self, a new creation in his sight, with new spiritual life, trusting in Jesus as our Savior, living as his own dearly loved sons and daughters. We are called by God through his grace. By virtue of his mercy, we have received his promise. And since we have been called to follow him and to live according to his will, the promise of his presence and his strength is ours, even in the face of the tough choices that we must make in our day-to-day lives. In choosing to serve God, we may find ourselves suffering, rejected, ridiculed, mocked, and, and even persecuted, as Jeremiah did. The world will continue to reject and ridicule those who seek to do God's will and to follow his word. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. In fact, that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jeremiah the prophet lived with God's promise. And Jesus has given us the same promise in Matthew chapter 10. Do not be afraid. Everyone who confesses me before others, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. In making tough choices, our concern should always be that we as God's people acknowledge Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And so may we always choose what allows us to join with Jeremiah in saying, as he concluded this section of our reading in verse 13, sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, confident that he is with us, and for Jesus' sake, he will bless us. Amen.